Today, I think I'm going to ruffle some feathers. In fact, I'm highlighting something that I've been doing poorly for years. Uh, and today we're going to talk about it. So welcome to the Everyday Marksman, uh, the podcast where it's all about tactical skills for living a more adventurous life. Our website's everydaymarksman.co. There you'll find today's show notes, our awesome community of marksmen, YouTube channel, articles, blog posts, all that great stuff. I am your host, Matt Robertson. Thanks for joining me. You know, it's been a while since I hit record and I feel like I'm kind of losing my touch on the intros, but oh well, here we go. So you may not have seen this because I did not make a podcast about it, but uh, I put together a very thorough hierarchy of physical fitness training requirements for martial marksmen. You know, what is the most important to least important things to focus on? How do you prioritize your time? So definitely come by the website, everydaymarksman.co, come check that one out. But while I was working on that, I realized there was also a need to do the same thing for firearms training and marksmanship, because we tend to focus on the things that we're already good at, or at least the things that we most enjoy. For me, that tends to be scoped precision rifles at relatively long distances, you know, that's fine for a general interest, of course, you know, fun is allowed. But if my focus was on cultivating the martial marksman skill set, the priorities would look very different. So here's the challenge. Can we establish a standard set of training priorities for the average person preparing for a scenario X? I think we can. So let's set some boundaries around this because first off, my goal is less about dictating what weapon to become proficient with than it is about what kind of distances that you should focus on. So in some cases, the distances will naturally lend themselves towards specific weapon types, such as when you get longer range. So rather than force you I'm to, to pick something, I'm just stating a range bracket and letting you decide what weapon platform makes the most sense for you and your circumstances to meet that requirement. Now, second, most marksmanship training focuses on some angular standard, like four minutes of angle. This works okay, honestly. It's rather convenient to tell someone to always train to a four minute of angle standard and then adjust the size of the target based on the range they have access to. So for example, if you're not familiar with the concept, one minute of angle equates to about one inch at 100 yards. So at 100 yards, a four minute of angle target is four inches in diameter. At 50 yards, it's two inches and it's one inch at 25 yards. Or if you shoot out to 200 yards, now your target is eight inches. So this is a really convenient way to say you're going to hit a specific standard, but I can train you to do that at a shorter distance. So for people who have only access to 25, 50-yard ranges, this works pretty well. However, when you think about the context of martial marksmen, targets stay the same size regardless of the distance. Something I picked up out of John Simpson's latest book in, in my last interview with him. And it's something to consider. So here's the example. Let's say that a target is 8 inches in diameter. The target is always eight inches diameter. So it's a steel plate and it's always eight inches, regardless of where you place it. At 200 yards, that target is four minutes of angle. But at 50 yards, it's still eight inches and is now 16 minutes of angle. What has changed is your perception of how easy that target is to hit. It hasn't changed size. What does that mean in practice? Well, it means that your priority should be hitting the target even faster at closer ranges, not necessarily hitting it more accurately, if that makes sense. 
in the martial marksman's world, there are not bonus points for hitting that one-inch X ring if any hit on the eight-inch black would have done. Take the extra time to hit that X ring might mean losing to an opponent who sought to be faster than you. And that means being second place in a gunfight. So for our purposes, the goal is hitting the target of a set dimension at a variety of distances with as much speed as possible. So what is our target, you ask? Well, training principle number one for martial marksmen is train for the target. So we do need to establish what we're looking to hit. And I've kind of pontificated on this before, but we're going to make it official. So the target of a martial marksman is a 10-inch circle. So for practice, you could go as low-tech as a 10-inch paper picnic plate. (laughs) But I'll get a little bit more specific and say that our official training target is the NRA TQ4. TQ is training qualification. Now, as an alternative, you could use the NRA A25, which is the exact same target, but you get three of them printed to a piece of paper, a little bit bigger, a little more expensive. The TQ4 will do just fine. Now, the these targets are a little interesting because the black on the target is eight inches. And the six ring, which is one outside the black, is 10 inches. And the final ring, which is five, five ring, goes out 12 inches. So for our purposes, anything within the six ring counts. Now, the fact this target happens to go out to 12 inches we, and has an 8-inch block, we can use other stuff later on. But in general, this is now our official target. Okay, Why 10 inches? Now, this is another takeaway I had from my last talk with John Simpson. 10 inches is not a convenient number to work with, honestly. If The, the easy route would be to go 12 inches because that's easier to divide in half or in thirds. But we're using 10 inches for a reason. Something that John pointed out to me was that most police and military train on silhouettes shaped like an adversary who is squared off and facing you. So on average, that presents a target about 19 inches wide. In the real world, however, targets aren't often directly facing you. They could be turned to the side, walking or running perpendicular to you, and they're generally trying not to get shot. So John's argument was that we should train for the smallest average dimension that will be presented as a target. That translates not to the width from shoulder to shoulder, but the depth from sternum to spine. Now in John's book, he says nine inches, but I dug into this a bit more and it turns out NASA did a bunch of research on this uh, topic called anthropometry. And from their research, the median American male has a chest depth of 9.8 inches. That's the 50th percentile. The fifth percentile, meaning the smallest of men, have a depth of 8.6 inches, and the largest men in the 95th percentile came in at 11.1 inches. So given all of that, 10 inches is a nice round number to work with, with 8 inches being the decent kind of next level skill to strive for. It's convenient that our chosen target has that 8-inch black as well as a 10-inch scoring ring, isn't it? So let's look at the distance breakdown. We know our target. What distances do we have to work on hitting? So this is the meat of what we're getting to today. As with the physical fitness hierarchy, the the way to read this is not that you should master one bracket before moving on to the next one. I know it's going to sound that way when I talk about it, but every bracket has value. Really, it's a way of to view prioritizing your time and training effort. If you have a lot of training capacity throughout the year, then the entire spectrum is open to you and you can, you can leverage that. However, if your time or facilities are limited, then spend the bulk of your effort at the lower end of this hierarchy, which has the most return on investment. All right, so here's our five zones, five zones. All right, <laughs> the first zone, 
zero yards to 50 yards. This is your critical training zone or at the critical zone, 50 yards out to 200 yards. We call this the proficiency zone, 200 yards to 300 yards is the operational zone. 300 yards to 600 yards is the skill building zone. And then beyond 600 yards, we're calling specialization. All right, so those are brackets. Zero to 50, 50 to 200, 200 to 300, 300 to 600, and 600 plus. So now let's break each of these down. Let's start with the zero to 50 critical zone. This is the serious meat of a martial marksman's training regime. As fun and rewarding as reaching out to further distances can be, the reality is the vast majority of defensive Situations outside the military happen at much closer ranges. Think of the proverbial bump in the night situation where you might have to defend yourself or your family inside of your home. Now, even the largest homes don't have sight lines beyond 10 to 20 yards or 30 to 60 feet. Or a concealed carry situation in public. Beyond 50 yards is definitely within the zone of better to escape and evade. Even the vaunted Eli Dickon incident happened at 40 yards inside of a mall. And it was notable at the time for being such a long shot for a concealed carrier. Even during scenario X, the sight lines between houses in your average residential neighborhood are rarely going to be beyond 50 yards, or what I call across the street distances. For these reasons, martial marksmen seek to be incredibly capable over short distances of 0 to 50 yards. That includes multiple weapon platforms, handguns, rifles, shotguns, PCCs, each have their merit, especially within this critical zone. And while I'm also focused on marksmanship and the ballistic solutions in particular, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the zero in zero to 50 means your personal capabilities regarding physical fitness and even hand-to-hand combatives, right? So this is the critical zone where most of your attention is going to go to. Uh, to quote Gimli in The Lord of the Rings, be very dangerous over short distances, <laughs> All right, the the 50 to 200 proficiency zone, as I call it. All right, I call it this because every martial marksman should strive to be very good within this range bracket. The 0 to 50 zone is absolutely critical, but 50 to 200 is where we develop well-rounded capability. Why do I say that? Well, first, I dug into statistics around hunting. And outside of very specific circumstances like open plains hunting in Wyoming and Montana, the vast majority of animals taken during a hunt happen at less than 200 yards. A lot of that within the space of 75 to 150 yards. Sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on terrain uh, or chosen weapon. I know know the bow hunters out there are going to go a lot closer. Now, in emergency situations where you are on your own and have to acquire food, this is something to keep in mind. Secondly, and probably more relevant, research done by U.S. Army Operational Research Office back in the 1950s showed that most infantry fighting occurs in this bracket of 50 to 200. The average casualty in Korea was just over 100 yards. The jungle environments, World War II, like the Bougainville campaign, that was down to 75 yards. Then separately, the British around the same time did studies and found that 80% of effective light machine gun and rifle fire happened at distances of less than 200 yards. Lastly, I like this 50 to 200 yard bracket because it works so well with point blank zeros. All right, in general, regardless of whether you're picking a 25, 50, 100 yard zero, the 50 to 200 bracket doesn't require much adjusting of sights or holdovers for wind or elevation to land a hit on a 10 inch target. All right. So this is, this is kind of the, the zone of point click kill, if you will, right? Put the aim where you have to hit it, pull the trigger, 
All right. And you will get, you will get within five inches in any direction, you know, if your skill is up for it. Now, another perspective I'll throw you is that again of John Simpson, all right. In his work with the American Sniper Association, he got to go through statistics around law enforcement sniper utilization. Now from that, he drew several conclusions about ranges to prioritize in sniper training. It turns out that 98.5% of LE snipers shoot at less than 200 yards. Like when they actually engage, it happens at less than 200 yards. Most engagements happen at less than that, often far less. But John suggests that 200 is the distance the professional LE snipers should routinely train for. And then goes on to suggest that even though the bulk of training should be up to 200, LE snipers need to be capable up to 300 as well, which gets us to the next bracket. The 200-yard to 300-yard operational zone. So the study that I published from the ORO, the research office, went on to talk about other battlefield facts as well. So for example, while 80% of infantry fighting occurred at less than 200 yards, 90% happens at less than 300. And this is military combat, not you know next scenario X kind of stuff. Furthermore, they noted that marksmanship starts falling off steeply after 100 yards. And then the chances of getting hit after 300 yards is effectively random, like shrapnel from artillery or grenades. All right, so the the report cites the work of Pike and Gopal, who I couldn't actually find the original study. I just had to go off references to it and diagrams. But they did a whole series of battlefield visibility studies, looking at different battlefields in history, to determine the practical distance that infantry could actually identify enemy soldiers. They looked at 18,000 measurements from all over the world in conflicts, And they determined that 70% of the time, the maximum distance to identify a five-foot-tall target was 300 yards. 300 yards, that was 70%. It goes up to like 90% within six, 700. Hint, hint. All right? Think about where you live in the surrounding area. How often do you actually have a clean sight line out to 300 yards? Then, even if you do, is there anything in that 300 yards that somebody could hide behind? All right, you're starting to get the idea now. It's because of these parameters that both marksmanship and visibility that the ORO pushed the idea of a small caliber high velocity rifle. The Norman uh, Hitchman report, which I love to cite, argued that soldiers should be using lighter, easier recoiling rifles so they can carry more ammunition and not lose effectiveness due to recoil and fatigue. All right, so this is kind of what led to the 5.56. So why do I call this the operational zone? This is the outer edge of what the martial marksman should be prepared to deal with. All right, so really the operational zone encompasses zero to 300 yards, but we already have designated the zero to 200 as higher priority, right? So the final stretch from 200 to 300 is the final polishing of skills. Success here requires knowledge of how to do better holdovers, side adjustments, working the wind, and all those extra skills that go into it. And building those additional skills is why we use competition, especially at even longer distances, which gets us to the next bracket of 300 to 600, the skill building zone. So really, this is the realm of competition and having fun. By stretching your ballistic legs out to longer distances, you learn a lot about your weapon system and your own skills. I chose 600 yards as the outer edge here because it's still doable with a 223, especially out of a longer barrel. 
The Marines still shoot out to 500 yards during training, and I myself have hit gongs at 700 yards with a 20-inch government-profile crumb-line barrel and a 4X Elecan. Granted, I had to walk my shots on. I wasn't just wasn't dialing and hitting at that distance. But success in the skill-building zone does not require any additional specialized equipment like a new rifle, fancy cartridges, or crazy expensive optics. Those things will make success easier, for sure, but they aren't required. Keep in mind that a 10-inch target at 600 yards is 1.66 minutes of angle, which is perfectly doable with a quality-made AR-15 and good ammo. You might struggle a bit more with cheap bulk ammo and a budget rifle, but it can be done. The reason that a martial marksman trains at these distances is because it helps them be more capable and confident within that 200-yard to 300-yard operational zone. All right, see where I'm going with that? So let's talk about the final bracket, the 600-plus specialization zone. As far as I'm concerned, this is entirely optional bracket for all practical purposes. Success here involves investing in new equipment designed for the task. Outside of competition environments and maybe some hunting, the chances of a martial marksman taking a shot at these distances is basically zero. All right, you only get involved here because you have a passion for the ballistic arts, not because it's helping you be more successful at martial marksman things, okay? There, I said it. And this is the stuff I love to play with, I'm admitting it, and I, I kind of overemphasize on here for myself, but this is not really where the skills lie. So let's talk about some other training notes here. You know, I've, I've said nothing about actual standards and drills that we're going to use. I'm going to get to those in, in future posts. Today, I'm just outlining here's the distances we really should be thinking about. Spend most of your time shooting from the least stable position that you reasonably can. Most of your training should be from the standing position, right? Most of it. It's the most difficult, but it has the highest return on investment for the rest of your shooting. And don't shortchange your handgun skills. I know a lot of people out there are going to say it's easy to divide this out. So I've got zero yards of 50 yards. All right, well, my handgun will be zero to 25 and everything else is 25 to 50. I'm asking you not to do that. I think you should practice with your handgun out to 50 yards. Yes, it's hard. But again, the return on investment is very high. And also don't discount using your carbines at much shorter distances like seven to 10 yards, all right? That's where holdovers and knowing how to use holdovers is going to be important. Now, how do we divide up the year to make this work? Well, one question I know people are going to ask is, you know, how should, I, how should I split this up? Should I spend X percent of my time in the critical zone and Y percent of my time in the proficiency zone? But really, there's not a straightforward answer here, all right? Everyone has different training circumstances. You know, for example, myself, in my situation is that the ranges closest to me that are convenient for practice only go out to 50 yards and they're indoors. No, that wasn't an influence on my thinking about the zones either. I promise that. I can get out to as far as a thousand yards from time to time, as long as I'm willing to travel about an hour to hour and a half to do it each way. Um, but it's not a regular activity. Now for other people, you might have restrictions on things like the kind of ammunition you're allowed to shoot, or if you're allowed to work from a draw, or if you're allowed to shoot from any position other than standing or sitting at a bench. So here's my kind of blanket answer for now about how to divide your time. Address your weak links. We should naturally spend more time doing the things that we know aren't up to snuff. How do we know when we're there? 
Well, that's what drills and tests are in the future, right? But for now, it's really just a judgment call for yourself. You know where you spend your time. You know where your weak areas are, all right? And likewise, if you've identified a weakness in the proficiency operational zone, then spend more time there than you do in the skill building or specialization zones, all right? I get it. You know what I'm saying. So there you have it. Use this as a guide to prioritize your range time. You also might think about this as a way to start referencing how to configure your equipment for what kind of distances, but that's discussion for another day. Now go have fun. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure having you. It's good to talk to you again. Make sure you come by the website, everydaymarksman.co. Hit that big green subscribe button. Join the email list. Get on it. Join the Discord server. It's where all the conversations happening and go connect with your fellow marksman. Until next time, my friend, I'll see you later. Take care.